What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I'm in Austin, Texas, and that wraps up the first weekend of supporting again in America, again, the first weekend of the Bridge Experience. These are the workshops ran by Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos that came into my life seven years ago and planted the seed for everything that I truly believe is good, brilliant, great in my life. It is just such a fulfilling moment to be able to witness other humans go through what I went through to create this transformation in the time and space of the workshop, but I always say that anything that I call life-changing, it was not life-changing in the two days that I did the workshop. It was not life-changing in the 10 weeks that I did the program. Yes, it was transformative then, but the life change occurred later. The seed of the transformation was planted then, but the flower of the transformation grew over the days, the weeks, the months, the years after the seed was planted. I really want to put that in the space to take away any unrealistic expectations around transformation and life change that people place on themselves when you invest in the work that you do. You will experience incredible change. Actually, we wrapped up True Transformation recently and that was what I reflected back to the women because women were like, this was life changing. I was like, fuck yes, it was. And Imagine once these seeds actually start to flower, then the real fucking life change happens. But today, today's episode is all about my healing post breakup and how you can support yourself to go into the depths of all of the painful emotions that you experience after you walk through your emotional fire, whatever the fire is that you're currently walking through. And I'm not saying literally go and walk through the fire. I'm using this as an analogy right now. But as you're walking through a fire that life presents you, no one feels good walking through the fire. It feels shit. It feels terrible. And we want to try and band-aid to get ourselves out of the fire, but the only way through the fire that life presents you is to walk through it and make it out the other side. And today's episode is really diving deep into how you can support yourself to do that, how you can face off with all of the emotions that are attached to that, and what is available to you on the other side of doing exactly that. You are going to want to stay all the way through to the end because you know that I am currently in the process of writing my erotic novel and I have a story that is even sexier than <laughs> chapter one and I fucking love it. It has turned me on, excited me and is really such a declaration of what can happen when the woman commits to her lit up life, her aliveness, her pleasure and her desires. This is what is possible when you start to say no to everything that is not in alignment with exactly that. You know what you're here for. I know you know what you're here for. And I am so excited for the women in my world to start living even more true to your truest truth, her truest truth, my truest truth. This is one hell of an episode. If you like it, if you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so I can connect with you and so that I can share it as well. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. Controversial opinion. But you know I love a good one of those. I believe that when a woman is loved right, treated right, respected the way in which she deserves, and fucked right, you will not experience a guarded woman. I strongly believe that when you are experiencing a woman as guarded, that is a sign that she does not feel safe. 
that is a sign that something that is occurring between your dynamic is creating lack of safety within her. So then she puts up emotional walls to protect herself from what she believes is a potential threat. And I'm going to relate this to dating, obviously. And I want to share a little story. I have this friend that I have made in Bali and she's amazing. She's been such a great teacher. She is an incredible mirror. She's kind of a bad bitch. She's super assertive. She's hot. She's sexy. She's attractive. She's very outspoken. She was quite triggering to experience to begin with. I didn't really know where I stood with her. I'm like, does she like me? Does she not like me? Is she my friend? Is she not my friend? I couldn't really understand and figure my way out around her. And for a little bit of time experiencing her, I thought to myself, I don't really fully know if I like this person. I experience you as guarded and assertive and unloving and unkind. And yeah, I'm not really feeling super at peace in this friendship. And then she met a man and we could say that this woman is masculine, masculine. I'm doing air quotes for you. And this man is way more masculine than her. And this man is assertive and this man is patient and this man treats her right and this man fucks her right and this man gives her the attention that she deserves and desires and this man really puts all of her thoughts, fears and anxieties at peace. And she's maybe known him two of the six months that we have all been here. And in this time of witnessing her, of this woman that I didn't know if I fully liked, that I experienced as armored and guarded and hard and assertive and direct, I have literally witnessed her soften in front of my eyes. She is kind. She is caring. She is nurturing. She is thoughtful. She is inclusive. She is empathetic. And as I've been witnessing her, I've thought to myself, fuck me. You can get the hardest bad bitch on the planet and you give her a man more masculine than her that loves her right, treats her right, respects her right, and fucks her right. And in my eyes, I literally witnessed this bad bitch soften. Mind blown. Then, of course, I relate it back to myself. A part of my past partner's feedback for me is that I am guarded and armoured. Great. Amazing. I'm glad that that's your experience of me. Probably really great that we're not together right now. Then fast forward to six months of being in Bali and I've gone through this six-month healing journey of not sharing my body with anyone else, of grieving that relationship, of really going to the depths of my pain around the completion of this relationship and I'm coming out the other side. I'm obviously meeting men now. I've started to write my erotic fiction and I'm enjoying myself. I'm only sharing myself with men who really respect me and who really appreciate me, who really value me, who really value my pleasure and have such a desire for my pleasure. Like I'm very clear on who I get to share myself physically with, but I've gone through the six months of pain to come out the other side and be like, okay, Rebecca, now this feels like a really conscious decision to share myself with others. I desire to be dating now. And it's interesting when I'm meeting these men, the feedback that I'm receiving is you're so open. You're so soft. You're so feminine. Like your kiss is not what I expected from your internet persona. How you feel is so different to what I thought maybe you would be like. But of course, when a man is masculine, when he treats her right, 
appreciates her right, loves her right, respects her right, fucks her right, of course you're going to receive a soft, gentle, open, unguarded, feminine expression of that woman. And for me, I'm like, wow, this is such a mind-opening, mind-blowing moment that we as women can be really hard on ourselves that we're not feminine enough, we're not this enough, we're not that enough. But sometimes we're literally in the wrong dynamic for us to be exactly that. I love the analogy around Pressanoi says it. You can have two seeds, the exact same seed from the exact same tree. And then you grab both of those seeds and you put them in different soil. One goes into the most amazing soil with all the nutrients and the right sunlight and the right amount of water and the right this and the right that and the right environment. And you plant that seed and you let it grow. And then you put another seed in dry sand. Same seed, two seeds from the same tree put in different environments. Which one grows, which one thrives, and which one dies? We as humans are no different. We get to be so sensitive to the environments that we put ourselves in as women that we put ourselves in environments that allow us to flourish. Some of us are putting our beautiful seeds into soil That isn't even soil, it's fucking sand. Well, seeds don't grow in sand, seeds grow in soil. So putting our seed into a relationship that isn't nurturing, that isn't more masculine than us, that isn't providing for us, that isn't creating safety for us, that isn't creating space for our desires for us, how the fuck is our flower meant to grow and blossom? It just is not. And so what ends up happening in those environments, we armor up, we guard up, we close up. I've been reflecting on so much around what my experience of me is like in Bali, in all the different environments that I put myself into now in comparison to the past version of me that was in relationship then. And also all the places and spaces where we as women put ourselves in almost to re-traumatize old wounds. For example, my past partner, whilst he comes from a lovely community of nice humans, they're not my community. They're not my people. They don't align with my values. I find their conversation boring as fucking batshit. And every time we were hanging out, I was like, this is the most boring waste of my time because I do not enjoy these people. My ex-partner would turn around and tell me, this is your bullying wound, Rebecca. This is because you've been bullied that you feel this way. You just need to be more you in front of these people. And there was a part of me that was like, I really just don't think that's true, actually. I feel like I'm now attached to you as my partner and you come with these people, so I have to tolerate these people, but I don't actually enjoy company with these people. These people don't align with my values. These people aren't doing the same things that I do. These people aren't living lives that align with me. These people don't go to courses that align with me, talk about things that align with me. All the things that they talk about bore me. They're not my people. doesn't mean that they're not good people. They're just not my people. And so on reflection, I'm like, I got my beautiful seed and I put myself into sand and said, go on, Rebecca, grow. Grow, Rebecca, grow. But Rebecca can't grow there. And so for you right now, where are you putting your seed? And expecting yourself to fucking blossom in sand? Because that's a pretty big expectation. Chances are you're going to die. Chances are you're going to be doing whatever the fuck you can to survive, but you are not going to thrive in sand. 
humans, we can thrive, but we are born for fucking survival. Our ego does not give a shit if we're happy. Our ego does not give a shit if we're surrounded by incredible humans. Our ego does not give a shit what our finances look like. Our ego does not give a shit about our lifestyle. Our ego does not give a shit about our sex life. Our ego does not care. Our ego wants to keep you safe and in the familiar because humans designed to survive can thrive but designed for survival so right now you get to ask yourself am I surviving or am I thriving because I really feel like I'm stepping into this place of oh my fucking god my woman is here I'm turned on I'm becoming more and more and more turned on by my life I can feel this expression come through I can feel my sexuality and my sensuality come more and more online I feel clearer I feel more creative. I feel more open. I feel more available to life. I feel more like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck was I thinking when I reflect on past versions of me? When I spend time with girlfriends now, I'm in community now, I'm talking to men now. The experience of me sexually now, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so much more of myself. And yesterday I went for dinner with a girlfriend and I was telling her all of these different stories and she's like, you have changed in a month. You're so much lighter. You're so vibrant. You're so giggly. You're so excited. She's like, and you're softer. And then one of my guy friends, Alexander, he messaged me yesterday and he goes, something about you has changed even in the way in which you text me, hello, you are softer. And then he replies back, you're definitely getting some good masculine dick, Rebecca. I'm like, I fucking am. I am. I was like, this is such a teacher that when a woman is loved right, treated right, fucked right, respected right, how much we change as women. Now, it's not up to the man to heal us, but it is up to the men that we're in dynamic with to create those spaces for us. And if you are the man that is creating safety, respecting her, appreciating her, creating space for her desire and fucking her the way that she loves, and she's still guarded and armored, that's her fucking healing journey to go on. And that's something for you to sit with. If he is doing all of those things for you and you're still guarded and armored, that's your inner work to do. But if he is there providing that mirror, I would challenge everyone that we fucking lean the fuck into that because that is what we want. That is what we're calling forward. We are done being the independent fucking bad bitch that can do everything on her own. Like I can do it all on my own and I do not want to. And I know that the women in my community, yeah, we have goals and aspirations and inspirations and motivations and all of these things, but we don't want to fucking do it all on our own. We're sick of that. We're tired of that. We're over being independent, like the independent white woman, like let's fucking go. No, no. And so as I've been dating and I've been listening to what women are asking me, like so many women have said, what do you think about dating straight after a breakup? I feel like you've moved on quite quickly. My ex-partner has started dating straight after our breakup and I'm having a really hard time with it. I've made it mean a lot about me. I feel like I need to go on my own healing journey, but then I'm witnessing you. I feel like you've moved on quite quickly. I don't want you to feel like I'm judging you. What do you think about this? And so what I want to say about breakups is it's so individual. And however your ex-partner is choosing to move through your relationship completion, as easy as it is to make it mean something about us, we have to not. We have to allow them to go on their healing journey, whatever that looks like for them, and continuously come back to ourselves and what we need. For me personally, I have such a unique breakup situation that I can't say that I have moved on quickly. What I can say for the woman who specifically asked me this question 
Jake and I had been together for a year whilst I traveled to 10 different places. I went to America. I went to Europe. I went to Bali. I went to Byron Bay. I was traveling and dating myself whilst in relationship, but I was on my own for that year traveling. And every time that I went somewhere, I was like, I wish he was here. I wish he could be here. But I was by myself. And so I've spent 12 months essentially on my own. He worked 16-hour days, so he wasn't with me during the daytime, Monday to Friday, when I was in Perth. I spent a lot, a lot of time with Beck by herself. Then when I got to Bali, as much as I wanted to be free and wild and express and like the unicorn and all the things, I've spent six months really going to, you've seen on my social media, I've been having crying meltdowns every 2.5 days. I've gone there. I really thought that I would get to Bali. And because of my sexual dissatisfaction, I was quite certain that I would be free and liberated and sexually expressed and exploring people. And I wasn't ready for it. And I spent six months really going inwards to make sure that I grieved this relationship, to make sure I grieved the decisions my little girl made, to make sure that I grieved him, to make sure I grieved our friendship. I went through the pain and the resentment and the anger and the jealousy. I was saying to One of my mentors, Preston, the other day, the hardest fucking thing of this whole breakup is my jealousy because all I can picture is exactly what I wanted from him being given to another woman, like him using me as a teacher and a tool to give her what I wanted from him. And I went through, what, three years of suffering for her just to get fucked right and treated right? Fucking no. If I think about like his financial hardship, the thought of him paying for another woman to go on a date sends me fucking irate inside and that's not my business to be playing. Like it's showing me my jealousy wound that I really get to be with because it's such an easy place for me to go and I've had to really go there. I've gone to every single uncomfortable edge to allow me to move through the veil and be able to be here with clarity now. And It's so easy to get curious about what our ex-partners are doing. And one thing that Jake said to me was, I don't have capacity for the kind of intimacy that you desire. So a part of me was like, what if he starts seeing other women? But he told me that he doesn't have capacity for me. And I would put myself onto that jealousy spiral. And I wanted him to commit to me that he wasn't going to have capacity for anyone else because he promised me he didn't have capacity. And once we're complete in that relationship, we have to do everything that we can to see what thoughts arise, but allow ourselves to stay in our lane because how he heals is how he heals. And that has nothing to do with me and nothing to do with how important that relationship was to him. Now, for this woman who asked me this question about her ex-partner moving on quite quickly, we can only create story and assumption about what is true there. Maybe he is moving on really quickly. Maybe he is using other women as a band-aid for uncomfortable emotions. Maybe he didn't love your relationship as much as you did. Like, we don't fucking know. And whatever he's doing is whatever he is doing. And how can we bring this back to you and what you need? You shared that you need time and space to actually be able to heal just like I did. Do you not think that I went on such a fucking emotional roller coaster and being so angry with myself that I was like, Rebecca, you're in fucking Bali. This whole place is a playground of whatever you want. And you can't go out there and enjoy it right now because you're grieving your ex-partner. Are you fucking kidding? And then I went into logic of different stages of life, financially very different, can't travel with you, didn't do this for you, didn't do that for you, sexually didn't turn you on. I went through all the things. And I was like, and still going through deep grief around this relationship breakup. You cannot force yourself to be further along in your healing journey than exactly what you are. 
all you can do is really, truly honor exactly where you are in whatever given moment, no matter where the fuck you are in the world. I'm telling you, if you're navigating grief of a breakup, Bali does not make anything any fucking better. If anything, it's like, great, I'm in this fucking human playground and I'm still facing off with all of my emotions. Are you ready to be lit the fuck up and turn the fuck on by your life? What does living a life of alignment and aliveness mean to you? Have you been longing for something more? Are you desiring to live freely, fully, and expressively? The doors to my newly released four-week mini course, Aliveness is My Birthright, are now open. If you've been listening to any of these recent episodes and have felt called to live a more aligned life where you are unapologetically yourself, where you allow your desires to lead you, where you are activated within your courageous and vulnerable feminine expression, and you are doing the work to truly let go of what has been holding you back so that pleasure can permeate your very existence, then this experience is for you. Join me and my team for four heart-opening weeks of self-discovery whilst you commit to your unique life path of alignment and aliveness. Early bed access is now open, and for my amazing raw, real, and vulnerable community, you get to save an additional $100 off your sign-up just for being here, making this the most affordable transformation you will ever invest in. I cannot wait to go there together and plant the seeds of pleasure, desire, alignment, and aliveness that I know you have been yearning for. Head to the link in the show notes to find out more. But what I will say is this. You cannot force yourself to be on the other side of grief, loss or a relationship breakup sooner than what you are emotionally ready to be. And the more that you avoid really going there, the longer your healing journey is going to take and the more willing you are to go all the way into every uncomfortable emotion that shows up, the more that you're going to be able to move through it at a greater speed. It's the avoidance that makes it last longer. Even for me, I told Jake month one of us being together that I don't think we're compatible in ways that are really important to me. And so I actually avoided what I knew to be true. And three years later, I end up here. Now, he's been the most incredible teacher for me. I was meant to go through that relationship, love and appreciate him dearly. And on the plane on the way back from Amalfi Coast, one entire year ago, heard the voice, brought it up but didn't want to go into the pain of the relationship breakup and the jealousy and the grief of losing someone, pushed it out, break up again. (laughs) Like how many times have you all heard about me going through a breakup with him? Because what was I doing? I was avoiding having to go through this experience. That's what I was doing. I didn't want to be with the jealousy of thinking about him being with another person. That felt too uncomfortable. I just didn't want to go there. I wasn't actually choosing him from love. I would sit there and try and picture my wedding day and I couldn't visualize it. I would sit there and try and picture our children. I couldn't visualize it. I wanted to, but I couldn't. And so why was I holding on? I wasn't making a decision from love. I was making a decision from fear. Well, what does every decision rooted in fear create? Fear-based experiences in our reality. But if you're really willing to go through all the discomfort, and I'm really celebrating the women who go through the breakup and do not band-aid, celebrating you, celebrating you, celebrating you. It's fucking hard and it's fucking tough. And I got to Bali on the first day and I'm crying on the floor. I'm in this beautiful villa and my inner child is just like wailing, screaming, crying at me. My little girl being like, why did you take me away from my best friend? Why did you do this to us? Screaming at me. And my woman was like, oh my God, I didn't even know to the degree that my little girl chose that relationship until I was like, I'm like in pain on the floor, absolutely convulsing in these tears 
And all I can hear is my inner child saying, why are you doing this to me? Why did you make us do this? I don't want to be here on my own right now. Why are we here? And I was like, well, why are we here? There's two of me talking right now. What do you mean, why are we here? We're here because we were unfulfilled. We're here because best friendship isn't enough for us. We're here because companionship isn't enough for us. We're here because you can't run my life, little girl. We're here because I need to give you what obviously he was giving you because you are running my show. That's what we're here for. Like literally crying on the floor of that villa, the most fucking beautiful villa you've ever seen, and just wailing and hearing this little girl just scream at me. I just sat there thinking, oh my good God, this little girl has run my fucking life. No wonder I'm so unfulfilled sexually, intimately. Like again, two relationships, twice over, three years, you've got to be kidding me. And so do you know how frustrating that has been? Going through a relationship breakup, two men, three years, twice over, six years of my life for the same lesson. This is a pattern that is showing up, reflecting back my inner work to do. It's been frustrating as fuck, especially when the entire time in those relationships, the woman within me knew. And I'm going to challenge you all right now that you know what you want. Your woman knows what you want. You know what you deserve. You know what you desire. You know how you want to be fucked. You know what turns you on. You know what will make you come. You know what the fuck you want. You know how you want to be spoken to. You know if you want him to pay for your dates. You know how you want him to provide for you. You know. But there's a fear around claiming that. There's a fear of what you have to let go of if you were to really choose your knowing. There's a fear of who you have to become, who you get to become, if you were to really claim your desires. There's a fear of fucking judgment if you were to really own all of that. There's a fear of actually using your voice and asking. There's a fear of being told no. What if I ask and that person says no to me? There's a fear of rejection. There's a fear of judgment. There is so much in there, but underneath all of those fears, you fucking know. Not what your little girl wants. Let's put her to the side for a moment. What you want. Your woman knows. If you're unfulfilled, you know what would bring you fulfillment right now. If your needs aren't getting met, you know how you want to be fucked. If your partner isn't showing up for you, you know what you really want from him. You know, you know, you know. If you're unfulfilled in your relationship and you want to leave, you know all the fears that are attached to the leaving. You fucking know. I know you know. I know you know. I don't believe it when a woman says, I don't know what I want. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit bitch. You fucking know. We all know. And you can try and logic your way through it and say it's your trauma or your wounds or your little girl or your fear of not being enough. You fucking have all the fears that you want, but you also have your wants and you fucking know what they are. I know you do. And so if you're really willing to get clear with yourself around what it is that you want, need, desire, and if you're really willing to say no to anything that is not that, And if you're really willing to go through the courageous journey of creating space for what you want and having to go through the grief of letting go of everything that is not that, if you go all the way in, that means that you can come all the way the fuck out. And guess what happens when you're on the other side? Space is available for what you actually want. And so I'm going to finish this with a sexy story. So obviously you know that sex, intimacy, pleasure, chemistry, desire. It's just like something that's so important to me right now. And I'm a yes only to that, not kind of that, only to that. Like that is absolutely non-negotiable what I need in relationship, in partnership, in dating. My body needs to be such a fucking full body yes. And 
I'm in my gym one day and I've committed. I see some men flirting with me. I've said, I'm never, ever, ever going to do anything, date anyone in my gym because my gym is my favorite place to go. I literally look forward to it every single day. I literally went on a four-day holiday and missed it. I went to Lombogan Island. I missed my gym when I was not in my gym. So I've said, I'm never going to fuck up my gym by casually seeing someone in there and then creating some kind of uncomfortable energy with someone that goes there every day just like me. Anyway, one day I finished my boxing workout. Now, when I box, I am just like the most ugly, sweaty, pig-like, red face. Like I get so into my workout that I have very long hair, like down to my bum. There will be sweat dripping out of the end of my ponytail. And so at the end of my boxing workout one day, I go up these stairs. There's a jujitsu room with lots of air conditioning. And on the stairs, you can really feel the air con. It's all the way out the back. And I sit on these stairs and I'm just like dripping in sweat and I'm breathing after my workout. And all of a sudden, this gorgeous man, like honestly, one of the most beautiful men you have ever seen in your whole entire life comes over and introduces himself to me. And I'm like, oh my God, this man is like so good looking, is intoxicating. And I've seen him from afar. I don't even think I've smiled at him, but we've made eye contact in the past. I hadn't really thought anything of it, just except for thinking, that's a fucking really beautiful man. Oh my God. And he talks to me. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm sweaty. I've just finished boxing. I must look terrible. There is no way that a man this gorgeous is ever going to find me attractive in this present moment. And his company is here to run the jiu-jitsu training in this gym at the moment. And they get hired by all of these gyms all over the world to do some fucking thing, right? And he invites me. He's like, have you ever done jiu-jitsu before? I'm like, no, I've never done jiu-jitsu before. He's like, you really should come along. We do an incredible beginner's class. And he was just lovely to chat to. And he was so good looking, but he was kind and patient and made incredible eye contact. And for someone that good looking, especially in Bali, usually in Bali, someone this good looking comes with a massive side of ego, but you just come with like, niceness and loveliness and kindness and patience. And he was just so beautiful. And I was like, oh, it was so nice talking to him. And I left and I didn't think anything of it. A week later comes and he comes up to me and he goes, you still haven't come to my class. And in my mind, I'm like, is he flirting with me? I look so bad in the gym. I'm so sweaty. He's so good looking. Like what the fuck? And I look at him and I was like, well, I've never really wanted to do jujitsu ever before in my entire life. And I'm like, I haven't thought about coming. I really don't want to let my partner down because you get paired with someone. And he goes, your partner? Why, who's your partner? And I was like, caught it. I was like, this motherfucker is flirting with me because he thinks that I have a partner. I was like, no, not my partner. I don't have a partner. I mean, my partner in class, I don't want to let her down. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want her to have a bad workout. And he looks me in the eyes and he goes, but Rebecca, I'm going to be your partner. And I looked at him and I go, do you promise? And he goes, yeah, I promise. And he holds out his pinky and goes to pinky promise me. So I'm like, this motherfucker is definitely flirting with me and he is so hot. Oh, my God. So I go to the front desk and I'm like, when are the beginner jiu-jitsu classes? And I find out there's one next Monday. Monday comes and I have one of the worst, most stressful days of my life, which on a scale of like life being bad was still a good seven out of 10 in my life being great. But I was just overly stressed, annoyed, anxious, frustrated that day. I had some work things in the back end, not like go the way that I desired. And I was just feeling a lot of annoyance and frustration. And it was about four o'clock and I was like, do you know what's going to make me feel really good? I'm going to go to his beginner class and I'm sure that will cheer me up. Anyway, I get to this beginner's jiu-jitsu class and 
I don't know if you've ever seen a man in these white jiu-jitsu outfits, but like put a good looking man with an incredible body in that white jiu-jitsu outfit. And oh my God, you look like a fucking stripper that, oh my good God. So I go to his class and he partners me. I can't tell this story without my whole face lighting up. I don't know if you've ever gone to jiu-jitsu before, but I've never gone to jiu-jitsu before. Jiu-jitsu is basically like fucking for an hour and a half without him putting his dick inside you. Legs wrapped around the person, choking each other, mounting each other, touching each other, face millimetres from each other, pinning each other down. It's just wild. Now, it would be fine if you've actually gone to do jiu-jitsu to learn how to do jiu-jitsu, but I've gone because I was just like, he's so hot and I've had a bad day. So I'm rolling around for an hour and a half with this guy who, again, I'm still like, is he flirting with me? Is he teaching me jiu-jitsu? All I can feel between us is this magnetic sexual chemistry between me and like the most fucking glorious attractive man I've ever seen in my whole life. He's got this white outfit that's open with his ripped body underneath. His face is millimetres from mine. We're rolling around and he stops in one moment and he looks at me in the eye and we're like holding this intense gaze and he is like, oh my God, I love my job. Next minute he's like, push me back, pinned my wrists down. He's all the way over me. And he said something like, there's more contact here than a first date, or normally I need three tequilas to get me in this position. I'm just like, is this man teaching me jujitsu? Is this man attempting to fuck me? Anyway, I leave this one and a half hours in the best mood ever. I was like, I don't care if nothing ever comes from that. That was just the fucking best hour and a half of my life ever. That was fun, hot, sexy, just playful. It was all the things. And then I thought to myself, how am I going to get in contact with this guy? Because I'm in a place of, I need the man to chase me. I can't be chasing him. He has got to lead. So I had already seen him on Instagram, but I was like, I can't just hit follow on Instagram because that's the woman chasing the man. And I've always believed this. Men are the lions. And when the lion is hungry, the lion is going to do whatever the fuck it needs to do to get fed. And I believe that we as women, and some of you might challenge me on this, but we are the food, essentially. And when that lion is fucking hungry and that lion sees what he wants, that lion is going to do whatever the fuck he can to make sure he gets at me. And so I do not believe at all in chasing a man, following up a man, going after a man. I will never, ever, 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 ever do it. I am so, so pro the man gets to be the hunter and we get to be the one that's not efforting our way to him. He will if he wants us. I 100% believe that. You can challenge me on that, but that's my own beliefs when it comes to dating. So I was like, fuck, I don't want to walk up to him and give him my number. We're in a class in front of 40 people. Literally, a part of me was like, can everyone see the two of us rolling around on this fucking floor? Like, I know everyone's in partners right now, but I am so obvious and I am so turned on by this guy. And we have the most intense chemistry of people watching us being like, do you two need a room? What is going on here? Anyway, I think to myself, I should put up a photo of me in this white jujitsu outfit and tag the gym because he surely follows the gym. And then if he sees my photo and he likes me and he wasn't just teaching me jujitsu, he's going to follow me. Anyway, I put the photo up, the gym reshares my photo and I go out to dinner with my best friend and I'm like, Tracy, oh my God, you would not believe. And I tell her all about what happened. I'm like so excited by the story. My face is so lit up by it. We're at my favorite dinner at Barbacoa. The gym reshares my photo. I'm like, Tracy, 
oh my God, the gym has reshared my photo. I was like, this is my chance. If he follows me, I am so in here. I must have checked my phone about 40 times that night. I'm like, has he followed me? Has he followed me? Has he followed me? Has he followed me? And then I go to bed and I think nothing of it. I wake up the next day, some back-end things in my business were still feeling a bit stressful. I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm anxious. It's about 11 a.m. and then he follows me on Instagram. And I'm like, nothing is a problem anymore. The hottest man in the whole world who I was rolling around on the floor with for an hour and a half last night is following me on Instagram. Amazing. So then I follow him back and I go through and I like a few of his photos. I'm like, I'm going to let this motherfucker know now he's followed me. That was what I needed to be all the way in the door. And now, hello, I'm going to let you know that I'm interested. And then he messages me and we get chatting and he comes around that night. And it was a beautiful night. And that whole experience, it just showed me what I really, really, really am holding space for. The turn on, the arousal, the desire, the excitement, the passion, the chemistry, the giggliness, the nerves. We talked about him coming around. He came around that night and I was like totally fine about it until he texted that he was on his way around that evening. And all of a sudden I got this rush of nervousness. My face was red. My body was red. I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. My housemate is looking at me, like laughing at me. I text my best friend being like, he's coming around and I'm so nervous right now. And Tracy texts me back being like, welcome to the world of being human, Rebecca. I was like, the most good looking man in the whole entire world that I was rolling around on the floor with for an hour and a half last night is coming to my house right now. I was like, this is going to be another story for my erotic novel. This is amazing. And so, yeah, it was the most incredible evening without going into all the juicy details of it. But what I want to share is that's what's available to you when you commit to what your desires are. That's what's available to you when you remove from your life what isn't in alignment with that. That's what's available to you when you go through the challenge of the breakup or the challenge of removing from your life things that are not in alignment with you. That's what's available to you when you really commit to what you're committed to. I'm committed to passion, pleasure, intensity, desire, chemistry, turn on, arousal, sex, intimacy. Even with this particular man, the way that he would just like grab me and I could feel his passion and his desire for my pleasure and the way that he would move my body and the respect that I felt from him and how he spoke to me and how he messaged me afterwards and how he's been in communication with me afterwards. And even after we had sex, the aftercare of how we lied there chatting and touching and the two men that I have been with, the aftercare of the intimacy that we've shared has just been so incredible that I've forgotten how important that is. And I think this is what's really important when you're going through a relationship breakup is knowing that For the first six months of you dating afterwards, you're probably most likely going to pass reference your ex, which is why I really feel like it's important that you're aware that you're going to do that. Every man since, it's just so instinctual for me to be like, Jake didn't do that. Jake didn't do that. This is what I wanted from Jake and Jake didn't do that. And not even intentionally, I just think it's human nature. Jake was stressed and busy and I understand that, but he had no aftercare when it came to sex. He doesn't know how. And he's stressed with work. So once sex is done, he needs to get on with his day. Whereas these men are like receiving me, making me feel so beautiful and appreciated and just like, oh, making me feel like the woman that I deserve to feel like through their appreciation of me. Or another man, I went on a date with him and he took me on an adventure. He hired the bike. We went to my favorite beach club. He organized me the most delicious things on the menu. 
We spoke about life. We spoke about intimacy. We watched the sunset because he knows it's my favorite. There was my favorite music playing. The way that he kissed me, he's such a passionate kisser. And we just spent all evening on these hammocks at my favorite beach club in Uluwatu, just having the best time. And it just reminded me as well, like my ex didn't have the patience or the space to just be in that space of relaxation to be able to be on a hammock just like passionately kissing for hours he's not there and I think it's very easy for us as women to be like I didn't get that from him and so to really full circle this I think you get to as women when we're going through a relationship breakdown give yourself time to heal and go all the way into the painful emotions including the jealousy the anger resentment spite rage and then for the first six months when you're dating again know that if you're such a commitment to your yes, you're going to receive what you desire. And just because you get it relatively quickly, once you say yes, the universe is going to align to match that frequency. It's important to know that when that yes comes, that's confirmation of you moving away from what you've left behind. But it doesn't mean that that thing is it yet, because that would be the band-aid, because we're past referencing him. Look at this passionate kissing I get on the hammock. I didn't get that from him. Look at the way that he provides for me and pays for all the dates. I didn't get that from him. Look at the way that he pleasures me for hours. I didn't get that from him. Look at the way he touches me after sex. I didn't get that from him. And it's beautiful. Everything is obviously a yes to what you're calling forward, but it doesn't mean that that is the yes that you band-aid him with. And so I really want to put that in the space that, yes, you get to go through your healing journey. Yes, Go all the way in. And then when you come out, know that there is still time and integration and healing left to do because you're going to start to receive and it's very easy to be like, I didn't get that from him. So whilst you're doing that, you just be aware that that's what's there for you so that in six months' time, you're actually in a space of this is aligned. This is not a Band-Aid. This is what's true for me. He is fully healed. That breakup is fully healed. The things that I said yes to that I was actually a no to, I have forgiveness and acceptance and neutrality around. And now it's time for me to actually make a conscious decision about relationship, not dating. You can be healing and dating, but relationship, that's very fucking different. My love, I hope that this was fun, playful, engaging, and all the things. I can't wait to hear what you receive from today's episode. I cannot wait to be back in your ears next week. I hope you have the most beautiful, brilliant day and spend today thinking about what your desires for your life are and what life would look like if you truly committed to them. See you next week. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode. 